Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Pressure? Let me just say that Rambo is the best combat vet I have ever seen. A pure fighting machine with only a desire to win a war that someone else lost. And if winning means he has to die, he'll die. No fear, no regrets. And one more thing. What you choose to call hell, he calls home. guys in a flick this is where we review the good the bad and the absurd tonight's episode rambo first blood part two beware spoilers coming to you from a classified black ops base in thailand my name is don and to my right we have our comic book guy john mission accomplished and to my left we have the professor ken Hello. Hi. How you guys doing? I'm doing pretty good. So, Don, what's going through your brain right now? What's going through my brain right now? Yeah. How much I love Rambo? That's exactly what I was thinking, too, because whatever it is you're going to come out with, you know, there's no taking it back, because once it's out, it's out on the internet forever. Bam! Well, I know that, and I, you know, while watching this movie, I had to kind of remind myself what exactly we were doing, because I'll just throw this out there now. I love Rambo. Yeah, listeners, you don't know this, but uh, I don't know this either, but I have a pretty good idea that I think that Don probably has a little bit of a tentpole action going on right now, because we're going to be talking about Rambo. So, bam! That just happened. John, I, pick up your jaw off the table. Be professional here. Is that why the table's leaning? I am neither going to confirm nor deny what the professor just said. However, it's fucking Rambo. I will take a guess, though, that this is yet another movie that you wish could grow that hairstyle. And, John, you would be 100% correct. That is quite the mop. Oh, I love Rambo's hair in this. And every time, like, when he turns and the camera snaps to him and... Or, and we'll probably get into this in way more detail than necessary later, but every time he has his bow and arrow and the camera rack focuses to his face and that hair, ah, I love it. Would it be still the same effect with or without the bandana? Uh, either or, but the bandana is such a staple, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That's like saying, uh, could the, would the Terminator still be the Terminator without his sunglasses? You know good, what I mean? Good point. So. Yes, there were bits of those movies where he doesn't wear the sunglasses, I understand. But when you think of the Terminator, Arnold's Terminator, by the way, what what model was he? The T-800? T-8000? No. Right. I thought it was 700, but maybe it's 800. I think All it's right. T-800. I'm sure there's so many fans out I, there right now going, you motherfuckers! The liquid metal one was 1,000, I think. Right, I think you're right. So anyway, I'm talking about that model, not the newer models, because... The first Arnold model of the Terminator will always be the best in my book. But that's a different podcast for a different time. Tonight we are entering round nine in the three guys search for the best classic 80s action flicks out there. Tonight we are talking about Rambo First Blood Part 2. 
Released on May 22nd, 1985, it was directed by George P. Cosmatos. Screenplay by Sylvester Stallone and James Cameron. Story by Kevin Jar. And it stars Sylvester Stallone, Richard Crenna, Charles Napier, Stephen Burkoff, Martin Cove, and a bunch of other actors. The director, that name, it sounds familiar. I feel like we've recently done a movie by him. Was it Cobra? It was Cobra. Yeah. Uh, he, him and Stallone worked a lot together, you know, and, and I think we talked about that on the on the Cobra pod. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, Cosmatos and Stallone coming back to revive a character from First Blood. Uh, have you guys seen First Blood? I have, yes. Yes, I have, and I actually really like it. Yeah. Um, First Blood was, what, 1982? 1983, maybe? Uh, yeah, it was 82, same year as Rocky Three. In- in- interestingly enough. Yeah, yeah. And so I think this is where the character Rambo really spring dives into pulp culture and, you know, who he becomes today. Well, we had a discussion kind of when we were looking at our different movies. And Don, why don't you explain why we didn't put the first one, First Blood, on our list? Um. Because it didn't belong on the list. It didn't fit the criteria that the three of us came up with. Um, And frankly, it's just, it's a better movie. If you asked me what my favorite movie of the Rambo series is, First Blood is number one. Easily. Absolutely. Okay, maybe not easily, but it is is number one for sure. So um, I just felt that. And I think, Professor, you did too. I think it just, it didn't belong on the list because it was too good of a movie. I also felt like it was more of a well-rounded movie. It's not It's not all focused just on action. There's actually a really good story to First Blood. Yeah, and that's a, that's a great way to put it. It was more of a well-rounded movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How'd this movie do, Don? This movie was made for $26 million, and it made $300 million. That's got to be with inflation, right? Uh, that's accrued up to now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Professor, how, do you know how much it made in '85 when it came out? Yes, it made 150 million. Brilliant. So 26 million to make it in 150 million box office. Not too fucking shabby for '85. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And uh, and another interesting thing is in this same year we have Ram we have Rambo two and we also have. Rocky Four and Rocky Four was the third highest grossing movie that year. Rambo Two was the second highest grossing movie, and so they both are, you know, money making machines. In 1985, they both, you know, eventually top out at 300 million dollars each. Yeah, yeah. In 1985, Stallone is one and two at the box office. Out of curiosity, what was number one? Do you know? Do you mm-hmm. have it written down? Mm-hmm. Fucking knew you would. That's why you're the fucking professor, baby. All right. Uh, 1985, Mm -hmm. highest grossing film was a drama? No. Okay. Comedy? No. Mm, Yeah. Really? I have a guess. Okay. Fire away. Was it uh, Beverly Hills Cop? No, sir. Or it was an Eddie Murphy vehicle? No. Okay, then I'm off. Okay. 1985 is the year of... Dun 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 yep. dun dun. Yep. Back to the future. Two hundred and twelve million. Yeah, there you go. So when we talk about uh, high-grossing movies, Stallone he has had a lot of high-grossing movies, and so the second and third 
highest grossing movies for Stallone are Rambo and Rocky. There is one movie that is above that that has grossed even more. I know. Wait, you know what this is? It's it's a Stallone movie. It's a Stallone. It's it's Stallone's highest grossing movie ever. Yes, can, of all of his movies. Can I guess? Yeah, go ahead. Over the top. Yeah, John. That's it. <laughs> wow! Listen to that, folks. John nails it with over the fucking top. No, it's not. It's a Stallone vehicle, though, right? It, it's it's not like Guardians of the Galaxy two because he was in it, but it made a bazillion dollars. That made a bazillion dollars. So yes, no, this is. This is okay. Stallone. Okay, Ryan, okay, just okay, just wanted to make Ryan, sure. Rhinestone? No, yeah. dude, it was stop or my mom will shoot. Uh yeah, Demolition Man. No, mm. I love that movie. That's one of my favorites. Cliffhanger. No. No, Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger, how much did that make? That made $255 million. It wasn't the one with him and Sharon Stone, was it? The specialist? $170 million. Not assassin. No, assassins didn't do this. This this one had to have been better than Rocky and Rambo, mm. and it's a Stallone movie. Highest grossing, it made the most money. Can I get a year? That might help or decade. Give me a decade. Two thousand. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Twenty two thousand tens. Oh, the two thousand tens. Expendables. Oh yeah. Expendables. Expendables. Two hundred seventy-four million, so not even three hundred million. This one made three hundred fifteen million dollars. Expendables two. Oh, oh, well, there you go. I was on the right track. At yeah, least. yeah. I mean, I, I figured once you said the Expendables, you know, it had to be one of those ones. But mm-hmm. yeah, Expendables two, which ironically enough wasn't the best one. <laughs> yeah, and so you know, he has definitely had a lot of high volume movies that really crank out the dollars and ironically you know for rocky four and rambo first blood part two it did win a couple of awards it was nominated for seven awards which awards so it was nominated for uh, best effects and sound effects editing but it did not win and it was nominated for supporting actress new star and director for razzies and it won razzies for picture screenplay and original story so, ironically, it loses its Razzies for supporting actress, new star, and director to uh, Bridget Nielsen and Sylvester Stallone for Rocky IV. Wow, 85 is a great year for Stallone to be around the Razzies. I also read that this was the only of all of the Rambo movies to be nominated for an Oscar. Well, yeah. Have you seen the other ones? <laughs> <laughs> Which is not meant in a negative light at all because the Rambo films are what they are. They're Rambo films. But you know what? Ram- Ra- Razzies or not, uh, man, I'll take a Razzie all day long if I'm bringing in that kind of cash. Yeah, no shit, right? Uh, did you guys see this in the theater? I bet I did. I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah, I, I remember vividly going to the theater and seeing this and uh, walking out with my jaw on the floor. Did you know that uh, Cameron wanted a humorous sidekick for this movie? Well, that doesn't surprise me. And good segue. Uh, last night when I was watching it, when it said screenplay by Sylvester Stallone and James Cameron, I audibly shouted, what the fuck? I had... I." never knew that Stallone and Cameron wrote this fucking screenplay. 
Mm-hmm. It was fucking crazy. Yeah, Cameron originally, when he wrote this, he wanted it to be more in-depth. He wanted a humorous sidekick. He wanted to go into the lives, like the backgrounds of all the POWs, and kind of build this whole huge narrative storyline. And Stallone crossed it all off because he wanted all the focus on Rambo. And he also wanted to make it very politically charged. So as Cameron puts it, he just wrote the action. Stallone wrote the story, wrote the politics. Uh, but do you, the sidekick that they wanted for this movie was actually the original actor considered to play Rambo in First Blood. Who was that? Do you have any guesses, Professor? John Travolta. John Travolta. Ah. Yeah. Well, and Travolta and Stallone had worked together many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stallone directed Staying Alive, mm-hmm. the sequel to Saturday Night Fever. So... Interesting. Yes, apparently Stallone nixed the idea because he said that Travolta was getting all of the good lines. Yeah, well, so be it. What's the name of the movie? Rambo. Yeah, so, I mean, come on. <laughs> it's in the name, guy. And thank God, because, yeah, we didn't need all that. Did you know that uh, the character of John Rambo is based off of a real guy? Yeah. I guess there was a World War II veteran named Audie Murphy. He's one of the most decorated American soldiers of all time. And the novelist David Morrell, who wrote the First Blood book, based John Rambo off of this guy. Uh, I guess he, I mean, just if you read up on the history of this guy, he did some amazing things in World War II. He applied and got into the Army with his sister's help. When he was underage, he wasn't even 18 at times, so they had to fake his records. He went into acting after that, but later on in life, he went on to breed a quarter host horses in California and Arizona, which is funny. If you watch the last Rambo movie, isn't that what he's doing after he's back home on his own ranch? Yeah. I believe he's breeding horses. And is it in Arizona that it takes place? Yeah. So kind of that whole you know turnaround thing uh, is kind of, you know, works out. I mean, it's based off of this character. The interesting thing I found out about this guy when I was reading up on his history is he ran into some really bad financial difficulties later in life. I think he had gambled a lot of his money away and he was offered to do a lot of commercial work for alcohol and cigarettes, but he turned it down because he thought it would be a bad influence on the youth of that day. So he did not want to do anything that would send a bad message, even if, you know, he was in such financial uh, dire straits. Cool. So it's a good guy. Unfortunately, he died in 1971 in a plane crash. Yeah. <clears throat> Speaking of dying, Rambo dies at the end of First Blood in the book, too. So everything we got after First Blood uh, completely came out of the mind of Stallone. And I watched it last night with my father, who's a Vietnam vet. And it was interesting to kind of hear some of his feedback. I mean, he would cooperate. Okay, yeah, well, if they're in the jungles right now, this is the direction that they need to be going. And that's what the weather's like. And, oh, oh yeah, yeah, betcha a snake is coming up soon. And, and the rain is just like that. It pours and it stops and it pours and it stops. So, I mean, it was interesting to hear his kind of side of it. Right on. Do you guys know where this, this was filmed? Hawaii? No. I don't know where. Mexico. Oh, Mexico. And I guess it was super hot. It was common for the days to be like 120 degrees. Wow. It was miserable. Yeah, and Stone also said that uh, constantly they were finding snakes and scorpions and spiders and everything. Oh, sure. But hey, that's why you get paid the big bucks, to go spend two months in Mexico in 120 degree weather. Yeah, and I got to be, I'm thinking to myself as I'm watching this, it's like, man, somebody had to lug all this camera equipment around into these locations. 
What a drag. Yeah, could you imagine being part of the crew? Oh. Oh, oh. Miserable. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you're fucking making Rambo, yeah. right? Did you hear what uh, the director said was the biggest challenge of this movie? What was that? Did you hear, Professor? Uh, I don't know. Coming up with new ways to kill Russians. So their cinematographer was a guy named Jack Cardiff. Jack Cardiff is a really uh, big name in the industry at the time. This is on the dark uh, on the downside of his career, but uh, he was really uh, uh, he was a he was a giant in the fifties for cinematography, and so I thought it was a pretty good uh, deal that they ended up getting this guy because he knows his shit. And I got to say, you know, some of the work that he does in this, he, he, there's some nice camera work in here. Yeah. Speaking of big names in the industry, uh, Jerry Goldsmith does the score. Yeah. And I was watching it last night going, God, I know that name. And, you know, you just start looking at some of the things he's done and you go, Oh yeah. Jerry Goldsmith, he, uh, alien star Trek, the motion picture, you know, poltergeist secret of Nim, mm-hmm. runaway, He's a, he's a big name. A legend. I mean, he's done hundreds. You know what I mean? And then I started thinking about it, and I started thinking back to when we talked about Big Trouble in Little China, that John Carpenter was the most prolific director we had in this list. Jerry Goldsmith easily is probably the most prolific composer we have. Do you know what he's probably most well-known for that we don't know that we know him for? The Karate Kid? Even more uh, basic than that. Oh, fucking lay it on me. It's French horns. Boom, boom, boom. It's the beginning of Universal. Oh, really? That's Jerry Goldsmith. Oh, interesting. The villain in this, the Russian, Stephen Burkoff, plays uh, the Russian commander guy. Do you know where we know him from? Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, he was the bad guy in 1984. What's his name in in Beverly Hills Cop? I don't remember. Victor Maitland. There was also another one. Oh, we got the Karate Kid villain. Yeah. Martin Cove. Yeah, it's a helicopter pilot. Yeah, kind of plays a little douchey, but more. I I took his character as just a mercenary, right? He just didn't care. He just went where the money mm-hmm. was, and he played that role really well, mm-hmm. even you, though he's in it for like two seconds. You know who almost played the colonel in this movie? The colonel, Colonel Troutman. No, played uh, played the, also the, Russian. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, who? Dolph Lundgren. Too young. He was signed to a contract to play that character. Uh, Stallone decided. I'm going to have him in Rocky Four. I can't put him in this movie, too. So they just paid him out. They paid his contract. Yeah. Well, I guess um, stories go back and forth, but I think that Stallone and Lundgren are actually friends. They're, like, really good friends. Um, but I can see that, and I'm glad that they swapped him out because, A, he was too young for the part, and, B, if Lundgren was going to be in it, I would have made him the sidekick, the Russian sidekick, you know, the one that electrocutes Rambo. Just a big burly look. Oh, mm-hmm. that, that's who I would have made Yushin? that character. You know who he reminds me of? Who? When you look at him, Bullet Tooth Tony from Snatch. Vinny Jones? <laughs> yeah. That's who he reminds me of. I can see that. I can see that now that I'm looking back on it. That's funny. Three years since after the incident in Hope, Washington, former U.S. Army Green Beret John Rambo receives a visit from his former mission commander and old friend, Colonel Sam Troutman at a rural labor work prison. With the Vietnam War now officially over, the public has become increasingly concerned over news that a small group of U.S. POWs have been left in enemy custody in Vietnam. To placate their demands for action, the U.S. government has authorized a solo infiltration mission to confirm the reports. Rambo agrees to undertake the operation in exchange for a pardon. 
in Thailand, he is taken to meet Marshal Murdoch, the bureaucrat overseeing the operation. Rambo is temporarily reinstated into the U.S. Army and instructed to only take pictures of the suspected POW camp and not to rescue any prisoners or engage enemy personnel, as they will be retrieved by a better equipped extraction team upon his return. So this beginning of this movie, if James Cameron had his way, it would have started with uh, John Rambo being in a mental institution. Well, I'm glad he didn't. So I, I think the, the prison camp actually worked better for Rambo's character. But John, James Cameron went on to reuse that story in another movie, starting off showing our character in a sequel being in a mental institution. Can you think of that movie? That would be Terminator 2, right? Yes, that is correct. So with this opening in the uh, Rock Quarry, uh-huh. I, I thought that this was a really good opening because it, it connects us back to First Blood. Yeah, and it, and it really does just give us the blueprint for the entire film. Uh, oh yeah it it sets up the narrative it explains what we're going to get into and we just go and troutman uh i think he's established very well here just talking to john through the chain link fence i always appreciated troutman and rambo's father son the relationship relationship. they have with each other absolutely yeah definitely and and you buy it from the first one and it carries over to the second one Mm -hmm. and you know stallone plays rambo as uh, such like a lost little puppy you know the expressions in his face he just you can tell voice yeah yeah and he it's like he doesn't want to be where he's at and he doesn't want to be bothered you know what i mean and this this is a this is a good instance of us getting uh one of the first anti-heroes right he doesn't want to be the hero he just knows that he can do it and he has the opportunity because when Troutman comes up to him and says, uh, I have a job for you, he kind of hesitates. He says, well, maybe I'll stay in here. You know, in here, at least I know where I stand. And he only has five more years. Three. I thought it was three, five. It was, three. Three. It was a five-year prison sentence. Oh. Yeah. And um, I've been in worse places. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, Troutman goes in and convinces him and says, uh, there might be POWs out there. And Rambo, being who Rambo is, cannot allow that to to fly, mm-hmm. right? And I love how Trotman says, you know, your name was one of three in the computer that said they could complete this mission. So, What I really appreciate about the way this movie started is the inclusion of Troutman, right, especially right in the beginning, really, I mean, you kind of made the, the point of it's a continuation from the first movie, but it's what creates that bridge to the first movie, if they had started with anybody else to come and getting him, it could have just been a brand new movie. It could have just been a fresh movie with a guy in a prison. Troutman, I think, is what really makes that connection. Or Rambo. Yeah. I mean, but Rambo was in both films, too. He's almost like a different character in this movie. Oh, I disagree 100%. You disagree? Because he's more muscular build. Oh, physically he's different. Yeah, yeah I, but that's like saying Rocky from Rocky 2 is different from Rocky and Rocky yeah. 3. And from here... Rambo says, you know, hey, do we get to win? And uh, Troutman's next line kind of sums up the entire movie, right? Well, this time, it's up to you. And then we cut to the credits, and we get the Rambo theme that will forever go on as the Rambo theme. You know, there's that beginning, uh, that musical cue. I don't think we get it too much in First Blood. 
we might. I'd have to go back and watch I'd it. I'd have to go back. But Rambo has a very specific theme. Mm-hmm. You know, when you play Rambo's theme, you go, oh, that's Rambo. When you play Indiana Jones's theme, oh, that's Indiana Jones. I was right? thinking the same thing when I was watching it. They are, we've talked a lot about iconic theme music. You know, for Ghostbusters, you hear that little tune, things like that. And you always associate it with the movie. And those are the greatest themes out there. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. And so we get the uh, credits and uh, Rambo is being transported to a military base in Thailand. And, you know, what I appreciate about Rambo and what I think has always stuck with me about Rambo is it continuously moves and and it's very well paced. Did you know that it's 34 minutes before we have our first kill? Yeah, I was I was looking at that. Um, But once we get that kill. (laughs) <laughs> all bets are off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he gets to the military place. And we meet Murdoch. And as soon as Murdoch is shown on camera, I remember thinking when I saw it in the theater, asshole, that's the bad guy. He looks exactly like the guy from the first movie. I thought, at least. Brand Dennehy? Yeah, they both had the similar kind of rounded face, same Connor hair, you know, same kind of height. If, you know, so, so I felt like, oh my God, we're looking at almost like the recast actor. Uh, okay. Yeah, put them okay. side by side. You'll see a lot of similarities. And put them side by side and you won't. Okay. Um, do you remember who Brian Denny he is? Yeah. Okay. I All can right. picture them both in my head. All right. Just making sure. Uh, the, okay. So I'll, I'll give you the crew cut and them being white. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty much their similarities. Sandy blonde hair. Yeah. In the crew cut. I mean, yeah. uh, but yeah, I knew right away this was our asshole, and he even, I mean, he comes across as an asshole, you know, but Rambo's demeanor is so quiet, and he just kind of comes in, and this is where we get to meet um, uh, the majority of the players, right? So we talked about Rambo, we kind of talked about Murdoch and Troutman. What did you guys think of the two henchmen? The other two guys, they came across uh, instantly as uh, CIA uh, stoolies. Sure that are going to be uh, weaselly if they need to be weaselly. And you know what I think makes them stand out is the way that they're dressed. Everyone else are in uniforms. They look part of the military. They look, Troutman's even in a fucking uniform, right? But these guys are dressed like they're fucking... Civilians. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of thought, I think the first time I saw this movie, when we see Martin Cove and his character, and he's kind of schmoozing a little bit with John Rambo, that he was going to side with Rambo, that he was going to be helpful. Like maybe he would go against orders and help Rambo. Um, no, I, I, that would have been cool. But what I think makes Rambo work above, you know, a lot of people that we've been talking about in these lists and stuff is that he does it all by himself. Did you notice mm-hmm. though, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but in the end scene, when all the soldiers are in the room, they hear that Rambo's coming in with all the POWs. He's one of them cheering. Yeah, and he even runs out. I was noticing that. Yeah, this so yeah. you know, he's just one of the guys who's just following orders. Yeah, but Rambo's not going to see it that way. Mm-hmm. That that's his way of justifying it. Mm-hmm. You know, because that was a dick move. Yeah, and well, he got punched for it. Yeah, yeah, and we'll get to that. I was going to say, and we'll get to that dick move. So this is where we find out the gist of the mission. Yes. And we find out that there is a POW camp that's supposed to be empty. and It's a POW camp that Rambo has previously escaped from. Yes, yes, that's right. He was there, and it's supposed to be empty. And so they're going to send him in, and he's just supposed to take pictures. Proof that there are, that there are actually soldiers being held captive. Well, they want proof that there aren't soldiers there. Yeah, 
That that's what they want to know definitively. Yeah. Yes, the government doesn't want any POWs there because they don't want the headache, which is what the movie is trying to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rambo's reaction to this news is, "What do you mean I'm supposed to leave him there?" Murdoch even keeps saying, "Under no circumstance must you engage the enemy." Yes. Blah blah blah. We're going to send in a better team. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, we're going to send in a recon team. Uh, and as an audience member, you know, and you're sitting there thinking. Shit, Rambo not do anything. You are decided He's not going to leave someone behind. I know. And so we get... Uh, Our first montage. And this is kind of where we get the montage of the getting ready to go get them that gets mirrored or copied from then until now. You know what I mean? Action movies will have this style of montage. Right. And this setup, getting ready montage, to me, I always think is the first one. But I'm sure there were in in the past. But when we talk about that specific thing, Rambo was the first thing that pops into my head. Did you notice when he was gearing up, how many arrows, explosive arrows, were in that box? Four, I believe. Four. Remember that number for later. Why? Because he uses five. He could Blows have had a, he, he could have had another case of he, four. Yeah, but they only showed us four. So what? So do they show us all of the bullets? Yes, and and some. <laughs> well, the bullets, that's another actually uh, goof in the movie is the bullet numbers change throughout the movie. Like when he's got those long strips of bullets, the bandoliers, I don't know what it's called. Yeah, uh, for the M50. Yeah, when he's shooting them, it'll show that it's shrinking down and then the next scene it's back long again. Yeah. So when we get to that part, we don't have to talk about that. No. We just said it. During his insertion, Rambo's parachute becomes tangled in brakes, causing him to lose his guns and most of his equipment leaving him with only his knife, his bow, and his arrows. He meets his assigned contact, a young female Vietnamese intelligent agent named Ko Bao, who arranges for a local band of river pirates to take them upriver. Reaching the camp, Rambo spots one of the prisoners tied to a cross-shaped post, left to suffer from exposure, and rescues him against orders. During their escape, they are discovered by Vietnamese troops and attacked by an armored gunboat causing the pirates to betray them, revealing they swapped allegiance to the Vietnamese and intend to hand them over for a reward. Rambo kills the pirates and destroys the gunboat with an RPG while the POW and Co. swim to safety. Rambo asks Co. to stay behind shortly before they reach the extraction point. The rescue helicopter is ordered by Murdoch to abort the rescue, saying Rambo has violated his orders. So they're getting ready, and they're going out to the field to take off, and this is where we reveal that uh, Rambo turns to Troutman, and he goes, hey, you remember how Murdoch said he was part of this, that, and the other? Mm-hmm. He says, uh, Rambo, and Troutman goes, yeah. He goes, Rambo says, that never happened, or whatever it says. That that unit that he said he was in was not stationed at the place where they were stationed. Right, and then he looks at Troutman, and he says, you're the only one I trust. You know, and that just, and that tells us again that, you know, Rambo is doing it for the POWs, and but he's trusting Troutman didn't get him in to something that maybe he couldn't handle. I don't know. Yeah, they actually worked in two other hints at least that Murdoch was never probably even in the Marines. One of them is he makes a comment when they first get there that there's nothing like this heat, and and basically that just shows. He's never been to Vietnam before. Ah, that's a good point. The other one was the fact when he's talking about the prisoners of war, he shows no emotion. And they say that anybody who served in the army, especially in Vietnam, would have shown a lot more reverence and a lot more emotion to anybody left behind. 
Yeah, at this point, him being a liar, I didn't care. And, you know, seeing him on screen for the first time, I was already against him. Well, we knew he was going to fuck Rambo over at some point. Yeah. And, you know, people do what they do because it's who they are. So Rambo gets on the plane and they take off and, you know, nothing can ever go right for John Jay. Poor guy. He goes to jump out of the plane and he gets hung up. And so we get this big uh, dramatic scene where him being dragged by the plane Mm -hmm. and Rambo's got to take action. Uh, what you guys think of this whole bit, him trying to get out of the plane? I was totally expecting him to not get hung up like that. I I was surprised that that happened because Rambo, he's he's such a good soldier that he, why would he mess up on this? And so then I chalked it up to, huh? Yeah, oh, you know what I bet it is? It's because the pilot, he's not doing it right. He's flying too fast. He's messing up. Maybe, possibly. It's also a very low insertion that he's having to jump out of the plane, so maybe that's part of it too because he's got to get out and get that, you know, everything pulled real quick. Yeah, and the pilot says, turbulence, he's hung up. When it happened, I thought, he can't have that much equipment going into this mission. He can't have the upper edge. This is Rambo. So I thought it was a bit for them to have him get rid of all of his equipment and now he has to go down with the bare minimum because you know he's going to get out. The movie's mm-hmm. 20 minutes in. They're not going to kill him. That was right? my first thought too is, is why was that scene even necessary? But then you just clarified exactly why they did that scene. Yeah. We cut back to the base and Troutman and Murdoch are having this conversation and Murdoch's like, he's fucking dead. This is over. This is done. And Troutman's like, hey, you said you'd give him 36 hours. We're giving him 36 hours and Murdoch's like, oh, okay. And, but this is where we get Troutman's quote, which is the one I used in the beginning. He has a very similar one in First Blood to Brian Dennehy, and he has a very similar one in Three. So this has kind of be, uh, become a staple of the Rambo movies is Troutman always tells the person who he's talking to, you done fucked up, you don't know who you're fucking with, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> he, he's the best publicist for, for Rambo. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> With Rambo finally landing and then meeting up with Bao, this is, I think, where we get our first one-liner. I got hung up. One of his few one-liners. Yeah, he, he doesn't have a lot. I got hung up or I got tied up. Or hung up. Hung, hung up. up. Because they keep calling that out prior to. So they meet and she takes him to uh, a boat and it turns out that it's being run by pirates, but it's really the only way that they can get up river to get to this camp. And this, I think this moment of the film is the only moment that there is a a lull yeah but i wouldn't even say it's a long lull it's 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 pretty short but there you can feel it you can feel the movie slowing down just a hair and that's when they're on the boat and she's talking to him and they kind of have this exchange and um what do you think of the chemistry between the two or was there any chemistry i didn't think there was chemistry I wasn't really feeling much chemistry at the time. I felt like she was maybe trying to find out some information on him, so I was still trying to figure out if we could trust her. I thought that this was, um, and it didn't necessarily have to be romantic chemistry. Maybe it was a professional uh, admiration toward each other. I don't know. I thought that, you know, Co was asking questions and trying to get to know a little bit more about him. And maybe this is the first time that Rambo had had a conversation with a female and who knows how long, who knows how long. Right. And so he was playing the shy kind of, but I could feel that he, he was going to protect her. 
if that's if that makes any sense. There was actually a scene that was cut out of the first Blood movie that was to reveal that uh, I don't know if this was in the book or not because I haven't read the book. That but that Rambo had been in love with a Vietnamese prostitute when he was in the war. So maybe this was supposed to be a character that reminded him of that that person. I doubt it because if it got cut, then they never intended to use it. Yeah, I think it was something that was in the book. Yeah, maybe. Um, now, one of the things that happens in this scene is they have the discussion about it being expendable. And I thought that was kind of an interesting going back and forth, that conversation. And it kind of leads to something that happens later in the movie, kind of like a foreshadowing. That she calls him not expendable? Yeah. So it kind uh, of foreshadows that conversation later. Uh, yeah, it. they have that... Uh, conversation about expendable being expendable and i just thought it was funny because 40 years later he makes a movie exactly of that of being expendable Mm -hmm. so what do you think of his definition that uh expendable is like being invited to a party but no one caring if you show up yeah what'd you think i thought it was a great way to explain it i i liked it too so do i so do i Good, good for us. Matter. Yeah, doesn't matter. You kind of got that feeling like maybe he had been invited to a lot of parties. Nope, never, never. Kind of felt like the wallfire, wallflower. Nope. I I took it as him being a. He thinks of himself as a forgotten soldier, mm-hmm. and everyone kind of thinks he's a piece of shit, and he's just trying to live his life. That's who Rambo is. That's how I always take him too. Yeah, and his, him being with Co. He is just, it's like a professional courtesy. She is helping him and he is relying on her help. And if she is truthful to that, then he will have her back. Yeah. So get, they get to the point and they get off the boat and they go and they find the village and shocker, it's not empty. What the fuck are we going to do? And I was thinking about it. We, you know how we said we, we talked about him uh, cutting off all of his gear? You know what else he lost in that fucking gear? The camera. camera. I thought about that the first thing when he was falling. So if you don't have the camera and you need to get proof, what do you do? You take one of the fucking POWs. That's his rationale. That's what he was thinking. Though, had he had the camera, I still think he goes and saves the POWs. Yeah. Right. So, but uh, it's funny because he's going to go in. He's putting together his bow. And Co is like, uh, you know, you can't go in there. What about orders? You know, and it, it's at this point where Rambo turns her and he says, there are no more orders. We're here. This is the now. We have to survive. We have a mission. And he goes off mm. and he saves the fucking POW. In the meantime, we get Troutman uh, mustering the, the guys to come on, let's go. Got to get to the extraction point. Right. Because they are going to meet them. And then uh, we also get the bit where as he's sneaking, this is kind of where it starts, uh, you know, him sneaking around the jungle and him being very stealthy, but he's taking fools out left and right with the bow and arrow. And he finally gets to the POW and he gets, um, and as they're walking back to meet Co, Co gets discovered. And then what I've always remembered about Rambo is the noise that the arrow and the bow make whenever they're fired. And then you hear the noise, but you don't see anything. And then the soldier gets shot in the head and stuck to the tree. Awesome absolutely awesome mm-hmm. you know what i mean i guess they used like a wire line to get the arrows to go exactly where they wanted to go yeah this is pre-digital mm-hmm. so everything we saw in there was practical and again it looked fucking great stallone uh trained for months to learn to properly use the bow and arrows well i tell you what it was because of rambo i wanted to use bow and arrows and so the killing begins 
So they're escaping, and they get back to the boat, and they start to, uh, you know, go away. But you had to know that the pirates were going to double cross them. Mm-hmm. You know, in what movie do the pirates ever take somebody up river? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> he took them out pretty quickly. Who Rambo? Just boom, boom, boom. They're all gone. You sound surprised. I'm just. None of them seemed to like the first five that got killed didn't even get like a shot off. Yeah. That's how fast he is. And, uh, you know, he uses the blades that we saw him pack up during the mm-hmm. montage. And then he's proficient with a fucking firearm, blows them all away. And then he sees that the the gunboat that's coming toward him, they start firing. So he tells Cohen, the POW, to jump off. And then another instance of our foreshadow, what does he grab? The, the the bazooka yeah the yeah or the Missile. rocket launcher the rocket, rocket launcher. launcher which the dude had shown him on the on the trip the, up tri- yep yeah so he blows up the boat in true Rambo fashion he's gonna jump off but then he gets strangled or some yeah, dude was up on the roof and and this is a great uh, scene of they're building the tension the boat's getting closer it's on fire he's trying to struggle back to the boat back to Rambo and then we get the fucking knife you know. We haven't even talked about the knife. The Rambo knife is fucking iconic. One of the things I was thinking about when I was watching this movie is I was trying to look for different action movie tropes. And I felt like looking at the history of action movies that this movie may have started a lot of those tropes. I mean, maybe it's because I haven't had an experience of 1970s action movies or maybe I didn't focus enough previously. But like you notice like this one where he's about to get off the boat and gets the line around his neck reminds me of Tango and Cash when he gets his leg grabbed. I mean, it's just the kind of same thing of you're about to leave and you get grabbed every time. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But he gets out of it, he stabs the dude and he jumps off just in the nick of time. And this is back in the day when... If a stuntman or the actor jumped off something that was exploding and you saw the flames go right above him or just barely missing him, that happened. <laughs> you know yep. what I mean? There's no CGI. So, Well, you know that this movie is dedicated to a stuntman who died during one of those accidents. Yeah, I, I read about that. So they manage to get off the boat, get back to shore, and now they're on the run. And, you know, one of our uh, criterias for this list was chasings. This has probably the most chase scenes in any of the movies that we've talked about. They just happen to all be on foot. Well, there is one in the helicopter. Right. My point is there's a lot of chase yeah. scenes in this film. So uh, they the, the three of them, Rambo, Co., and the P.O.W. stop to regroup for a second. Rambo says, we're going to move on. We're going to go to the extraction point. Take the bow. Take the gun. Get out of here. Protect yourself. And then they go and they're running up. And I remember in the theater, because the way this was cut together, you know, we're building the tension, the chopper's on its way, the guards are getting closer, Rambo and the POW take two steps forward, go one step back, the chopper's getting closer, so on and so on. And I remember my heart breaking, literally, when they abort the mission and they fucking leave Rambo and the... POW there. What'd you guys think of this whole double cross mission? Thing? Well, for me, like you were just saying, the most memorable scene of, I think any of the Rambo movies is them climbing up that muddy hill, getting to the top. And then you seeing the view from up above in the helicopter with him looking up, telling the helicopter to come back. You see the POW and you see all those soldiers kind of divert, you know, diverging on that situation. That's all coming close. So you're absolutely right. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, I, I thought, you know, seeing Erickson just feet away from Rambo 
oh my gosh. And then to be left behind like that, terrible. But however, I will say, the look on Stallone's face after the chopper leaves and everybody's coming back, it's just pure. I fucking knew it. No, no, I don't know if it's, I knew it and it's not like anger or hate, but it's, it's the, uh, I'll get you back. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, it's just a, it's a great look, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And then he drops the gun and I guess if I was a, uh, <laughs> uh, if I was a soldier fighting for either the Russians or the Vietnamese, uh, why not just shoot him? Why I don't not you? I, I don't know. Why not just put one in Rambo's head? Take the POW they back want, and they wanted him for propaganda use. Yeah, I mean, I get that, but now I bet you they're sorry that they did. Plus, he had killed so many of their soldiers; they wanted to make him suffer a little bit. Yeah, I guess I could buy that and, too. And you know, a pig poop pool is a pretty good way to suffer. How in the world does that POW have so much stamina to do all that running? He does drag him around a lot. Yeah, but he still moves like. I guess he was probably the most fit. I don't know. I don't maybe know. that's maybe that's why he was on the cross thing because he had too much stamina. Mm-hmm. Cole watches as Rambo and the POW are recaptured and returned to the camp. When Troutman confronts him, Murdoch reveals that he never intended to save the POWs, explaining that Congress expected Rambo to find nothing and that even if he did, Murdoch would simply leave him to die to avoid having to deal with the issue any further. Troutman is then told he will be removed from the mission to keep him from trying to help Rambo on his own. Rambo learns that Soviet troops are working with the Vietnamese army. He is interrogated by the local liaison, Lieutenant Colonel Pazowski, and his right-hand man, Sergeant Yushin. Upon learning of Rambo's mission from intercepted missives, Podoski demands that Rambo should broadcast a message to Murdoch warning against any further rescue missions for the POWs. Meanwhile, Coe infiltrates the camp disguised as a prostitute and hides under the hut where Rambo is being brutally tortured with electric shocks. Rambo refuses to cooperate but relents when the prisoner he tried to save is threatened. As he begins to read the scripted comments, Rambo directly threatens Murdoch, overpowers the Soviets, and escapes the camp with Coe's help. Rambo agrees to take Coe to the United States, and they kiss. As they start moving again, a small Vietnamese force attacks the pair and Ko is killed during the assault. An enraged Rambo guns down the soldiers and buries Ko in the mud. So uh, after they fuck Rambo, the boys get back to base and Troutman and Murdoch are having it out. And this is where you get the true intentions of Murdoch. He was never intending on helping anybody. No, his mission was to basically tell Congress there are no POWs left. Right. Uh, Get this paperwork off his desk and for him to move on. And when we all know that is not the right thing to do. No, it is not. Even Troutman knows that's not the right thing to do. But what do they do? They try to silence um, Troutman. And this is a, a bit again where, you know... Troutman is letting Murdoch say whatever he has to say and explain it and this, that, and the other, but Troutman will always have the upper hand because he says, yeah, well, you forgot about one simple thing. And Murdoch's like, what? I got away with all of it. And Troutman goes, Rambo. (laughs) I love those bits. And so we cut back and we find out that Rambo is in pig shit and we find out that the Russians are coming. And we now know that the big baddie of the film are Russians, which 
is to be expected in the mid eighties. And, uh, this is where we get the whole, uh, electrocution bit. What'd you guys think of this whole torture scene? I thought that Rambo being electrocuted, it, I realized that he's being electrocuted, but he didn't necessarily strike me as being exhausted from the electrocutions. The electrocutions I thought would have left him, you know, completely, uh, wrung out. Sure. But uh, he's he still held held strong, and oh boy, watching the lights go down, and then watching the reaction from the POWs, watching the lights go down, and they can hear the screams. Everybody in camp knows what's going on. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is again, kind of a flashback to the first movie, uh, First Blood. He had a PTSD kind of flash at one point of him being chained to kind of a bed-looking thing, just like that, and having his chest cut. So. I wonder if that was kind of the same, like that was the inspiration for this scene. Oh, I don't, I don't know what the fuck the inspiration for this scene was. Um, I, I remember the scene that you're talking about. I thought the flashback torture scenes in First Blood way more brutal, I way so too. way more realistic. Right? This I felt was more of a we're just going to torture our action star. I kind of took this as him being through so much already that okay. You know, he's getting electrocuted and he's trying to be tough about it. And the bit that kind of gets you, if, if any of it gets you, is when, you know, the colonel's like, oh, you're so strong for what? What are you what are you protecting? It's OK. You can scream. And then they cut and they turn it on and you can hear his screams throughout the thing. And you knew that it was only a matter of time before they brought the POW in because they figured out that Rambo doesn't care about himself. But maybe let's see if he cares about this fucker. What do you think of the knife scene cutting the side of his face? Oh, sorry. I thought it was badass. The heated knife. And yeah. he just doesn't even make a noise. He grunts. Yeah, but I'm just saying he doesn't scream or... Because he's Rambo. Yeah. I, are you saying that? Are you saying you believe it or you no, don't believe it? No, I'm saying that's badass. Oh, okay. 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 That's what make, I'm saying. No. Just making sure we're on the same page. <laughs> no, he, he, again, because you make a comment that the guy tells him, you can scream if you want to scream. It's almost like he had to wait for orders, you know, for permission before he was allowed to make any noises. Oh, Maybe. Maybe I never thought thought about it like that. So they're going to poke out the POW's eye, and Rambo says, okay, I'll make your little speech, you know. And um, this is probably one of my favorite bits in the entire movie, right? Uh, He sits down. He starts calling into base. And uh, what I love is when we're when we cut back to the base and the communications coming in and, and, uh, someone goes, it's Rambo, it's Rambo. The look on Murdoch's face. Right. And, uh, just like, Oh shit, he's alive. And then Troutman's talking to him and he says, Johnny, tell us where you are. We'll come the hell in and get you out of there. And, uh, Rambo only has one thing to say. And I thought, and I think it's fucking iconic, mm-hmm. but that's just me. He says, Murdoch, I'm coming to get you. And then the look on Murdoch's face, the musical cue, and then the action takes off. It's a fucking brilliant scene. I love this scene. Do you think, and I tried to watch for it this time, do you think that Rambo might have seen Co through the floorboards and that's why he timed it the way he did? Or was he just ready to die? He was ready to take them all out and probably die. In the- okay, A, he wasn't going to fucking die because he's Rambo. B, I don't think he does uh, notice Co because as soon as the bullets come up, he reacts in a way that, oh shit, someone's shooting. I okay. noticed that today when I watched it. Um, and C, he's a fucking badass. I thought that the the lead-in right before he talks to Murdoch was also iconic. You have him uh, sitting there in front of the microphone, and then it shows his hand on the microphone, and then he grips it a little bit tighter, and you see him flexing his arm a little bit more, and you can hear the grip 
tightening on the microphone, and then he delivers, you know, his line. Yeah. And so the escape is on, and yet another chase ensues, and uh, they're they're making their way, and they they escape, you know. But in the meantime, Murdoch's freaking the fuck out. Yeah. And I wonder, I wonder if he's thinking, what are the chances? What are the chances Rambo makes it all the way back here? And so, uh, you know, like we said earlier, this film moves, and we're we're pretty far along, and. Um, Rambo and Co. They get out. They they take a minute to breathe, and this is probably the only other time that this movie lulls just a little bit. And again, it's not even that long. Mm-hmm. But it was at this point I was thinking to myself, "Oh, she's just using him to go to America." <laughs> that's that, what I. That's exactly what I thought with the kiss. Yeah, was... that tricksy little minx. And but then I thought, "Oh, Rambo gets to kiss. When's the last time he kissed a girl? You think?" Uh, it had been a minute. Probably been a minute, right? So I thought, okay, because I knew, even in the sixth grade when I saw this fucking movie, I knew Co doesn't make this out alive. Well, you didn't think they were in love? No, not at all. I thought you believe in love. No one said love. They kind of, you know, they kiss. They must be in love. There must be a spark between the two of them. See, I know what you're trying to do, but this is why it won't work. Because every time you have a problem with that, the word love is being mentioned. And I'm like, oh, you can love somebody. And this one, love is never mentioned. So why would I think they're in love? And so, you know, they, they start to leave and Rambo forgets something. And if you didn't know by now, now you fucking know, right? So he goes back and the main Vietnamese colonel dude lands up shooting Ko and he's with a bunch of guys and she falls back. Rambo, of, Co, of course, dispatches of the soldiers, except... That Colonel fuck gets away. I love how he just kind of runs away. Totally, right? Just his his day his day's coming. But yeah, Co dies and Rambo has to bury her and dies in Rambo's arms. It was sad. Sad. How many people have died in Rambo's arms? It's gotta be a lot. Mm-hmm. I just feel bad for the guy. Yeah. So he buries Co in the mud. In in the mud, and he takes her good luck charm. So now he has two good luck charms with her. He has her necklace. That necklace always cracks me up around his neck uh-huh. because it's so freaking tight. It's so badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but now, Troutman, he he is being so insolent that he is now pretty much placed under arrest. And he can't go anywhere. And in the meantime, um, and yeah, and so and in the meantime, all of this happens and... Rambo's out for vengeance now. Do you feel like this is supercharged Rambo at this point? That now, you know, he went from just being the soldier who's on his mission to being the one-man killing machine. It's interesting that you put it that way. I don't think I've ever thought of Rambo as having different levels. Uh, Supercharged or normal, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And and I know exactly what you're saying. Um, I think Rambo was just... The perfect soldier. And I, I think that his rage and his grief and his anger and all of those emotions. It's always measured. I just think he knows what to do. And I think he's really fucking good at it. Uh, I mean, so I, I, I know what you're saying, because when you say supercharged, I think of like a supercharged Martin Riggs. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm talking about. There are scenes where she's yeah. right. That's what that definition to me would be. But I don't think Rambo ever gets to that point. Well, the way that I... Not that I'm comparing Riggs and Rambo. Let's get that very clear. Well, the way that I saw it was at that point, him and Co are trying to escape. They're trying to get away. As soon as she dies, he does a 180 and heads back into the jungle to kill them all. Yeah, because he's pissed 
And I think that maybe he got pushed over the edge. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's a better way of saying it. But yes, I think this was the circumstance to push him over that edge and to unleash what he really fucking is. And that's, you know, Rambo, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. Um, so yeah, I, th- this is definitely the incident that did it. Now, sure. did any of the scenes of him, you know, swimming in the water and then coming back out or the rain coming down or him getting covered in mud and then all of a sudden being clean again, any of that bother you with the continuity of being wet, dry, perfect hair, wet hair, you know, covered in mud, perfectly clean the next scene? No, okay. didn't bother me at all. So I wanted to go back to Troutman when he's arrested. I realized we jumped ahead, but uh, I thought there was a really important line, uh, a really important back and forth that happens. Uh, Troutman says, never had a chance, did he? Like you said, Colonel, he went home. Murdoch turns uh, Troutman's words around on him. Yep. And you see that Murdoch really doesn't fucking care. Yep. And Leave him to die. That's right. He is, he's fully prepared, or he fully probably at this point thinks that Rambo is going to die there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's before, I think that happens before the uh, Rambo radios in. That's, no, no, it happens after. Does it? it? it yeah, it, it's after uh, Troutman is arrested. Rambo, with the use of his knife and bow, he systematically dispatches the numerous Soviet and Vietnamese soldiers sent after him one after one, even blowing up the Vietnamese officer who killed Ko with an explosive arrow. After surviving a barrel bomb dropped by Yushin's helicopter, Rambo climbs on board and throws Yushin out of the cabin to his death. The pilot is forced out at knife point and Rambo takes control. He lays waste to the prison camp and wipes out the rest of the enemy forces before extracting the POWs and heading toward friendly territory in Thailand. Bodovsky, pursuing him in a helicopter gunship, seemingly shoots the chopper down and moves in for the kill. Having faked the crash, Rambo uses a rocket launcher to destroy the aircraft, killing Podovsky. As he returns to base with the POWs, Rambo, after using the helicopter's machine gun to destroy Murdoch's office, confronts him with his knife, demanding that Murdoch rescue the remaining POWs. Troutman tries to convince Rambo to return home now that he has been pardoned. When Rambo refuses, Troutman asks him what he wants. An irate Rambo responds that he only wants his country to love its soldiers as much as the soldiers love it. Troutman asks how Rambo will live now, to which Rambo replies, day by day. Roll credits. So after Ko dies, Rambo's going back, and the rain begins. Of course it has to rain, right? Yes. And we get the iconic music, and we get badass Rambo getting ready. He goes out, and he systematically dispatches of a number of enemy soldiers, what did you guys think of this whole stealthy, I'm going to hide in the mud, Rambo? I thought that a, a, a lot of his kills uh, were done well. It shows him moving around a lot, but some of the kills have to have somebody come along. What if nobody comes along and he's just sitting there waiting? Well, that's always a possibility. Right? And then um, having him uh, in the mud, the, the mud, uh, when he comes out from the mud, is probably my favorite kill because it's oh, yeah. just so uh, it's just so badass. I remember the gasps in the theater when I saw it for the very first time. That's one of those moments in film history where everybody goes, oh, 
I thought, and I'll never forget that. I was just about to ask you guys which one of his kills was your favorite one. For me, I don't know why. It's the one where the guy gets his feet hooked by the rope and gets pulled into the cave. And all he and does. And you're seeing him panic and flail. And as all he does is. <gasps> I don't yeah. know why I just always liked that. Scene. that it, it's it's a kind of a great horror movie kill, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one too. Uh, I like anything with the bow because you can hear it. Listening to the bow as it's pulled and then the arrow leaves. Yeah, it's it's really fun to hear that. Yeah, and so now he decides that he's done killing them one at a time. He's going to kill them a bunch at a time. So he runs through a village and grabs some gas and a chicken and sets a trap. And that's what Rambo does. He sets traps, and it goes all the way back to the first one when he set the traps for all the cops. Mm -hmm. Non-lethal traps, I want to point out. But in this one, they're lethal. And so he corners all of these troops, and then he's in his tree, and this is the first instance we get. They're in the tall grass. Yeah, and this is the first instance we get his exploding arrows. What would you guys think of these things? I knew that they were going to have to come into play. I mean, they specifically showed them to us. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, so he blows up, you know, truck after truck. Boy, those are pretty big explosions. Yeah, they must have a lot of dynamite in them. <laughs> <laughs> I kept wondering at this point, okay, well, he's blowing everything up, and he's gone through and knifed all these people, and he shot the people with the bow. How is he going to take out that one guy that killed Ko? Yeah, I figured there are three on our list, right? The mm-hmm. guy who takes out Ko. The Russian colonel. I think his Tay was his name, was the guy that took out Co. Yeah, whatever his name is. And uh, the third being uh, the colonel's henchman. Mm-hmm. So I know we have to have at least three fights coming up. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's running around, and he's blowing everything up. And during all of this, he runs into the guy that kills Co. And... You know, he's shooting at him, at him with a shin gun. He misses. He's shooting at him with the, the, handgun. the handgun, and he misses. And, you know. Rambo just takes his time. He just takes it. And that's what makes Rambo Rambo. Such a badass. And instead of just, you know, shooting him with an arrow to the heart or shooting him in the head with a gun or however way you could dispatch him, he blows him up. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think it was a waste of a perfectly good explosive arrow? Nah. Uh, a little. Just a hair. The only thing that makes it justifiable in my head is that's the fucker who killed Co. Mm-hmm. Right. And that could have been Rambo's one shot at happiness. I do like the setup in this scene that he doesn't just pull out the bow and arrow and shoot him right away. It's kind of he lets him run a little bit and he's leading the arrow and he's figuring out exactly where he's going to be. Yep. And, and you kind of get that tension as the wire is being pulled. And I, I thought that was really well set up. Would you consider that an oh shit death? That's one of the oh shit deaths, yeah. I would agree. Because being blown up is like, oh shit. I agree. I agree. I don't know if the other ones were. But they weren't as maybe, oh shit. Yeah, maybe if we combined them all. But mm-hmm. definitely getting blown up is an oh shit yeah. moment. Uh, so he takes care of that dude. And after he's done, the colonel's henchman, Yusin. Yushin? Whatever. Yushin. Uh, brings a helicopter with a barrel bomb. Uh, then, I thought it was a napalm bomb. That's what I thought too. I thought it was napalm. Yeah, and uh, but it's not. When he, when it gets dropped and it blows up, this is another instance where the flame barely uh, misses Rambo as he's jumping into the water. I always questioned this one because he drops it, but you can clearly see there are four explosions. So was that a little weird to you? No, never paid attention to it. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. It's another scene for him to narrowly miss, jump in the water, and get away again. Yeah, and so the helicopter lowers, and we're looking for Rambo. What would you guys think of him jumping out of the water, 
Shocker. Of course he was jumping out of the water. Yeah. 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 I, I th- And this was probably, you could say this about almost every scene in this movie, but this was the one time I was thinking, how did they not see him from the helicopter? The I don't water? know. The water's pretty clear. And, I mean, how did he jump out that much? You know, that was a little bit. But it's Rambo. I don't fucking care. Yeah. But, and then he has his fight scene with Yushin, the Russian. And I thought that was, it was an okay fight scene. My favorite part of that whole thing was when he turns to go towards the uh, helicopter pilot. And that guy just jumps he out. He just jumps quick. out. He's like, fuck this shit. That, that, <laughs> I don't know why it, it makes me laugh every time I see yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. That's mm-hmm. a good one. Uh, yeah, your typical helicopter fight. Uh, he gets thrown out, gets to control of the helicopter, and now we're going to go blow up the rest of the camp. And hopefully he doesn't blow up the POWs. I was wondering about that. How mm-hmm. does he know? But then I remembered he's been there before. Well, he had also earlier on in the first visit seen where the cage was that kept all the POWs. Yeah, yeah. Because he lands next to it. Mm-hmm. And he frees all of them, and they get out. And, you know... When you're watching this, you're kind of thinking to yourself, hey, where's the Russian general this whole time? He's mm-hmm. kind of been MIA. And then uh, there's something about the Rambo movies where, especially two and three, two and three, this is very prominent. And if you ever go watch three again, you'll know what I'm talking about. But when the helicopter raises up over the tree line or whatever, and it comes into view for the first time, there is a tune that plays every time the Russian helicopter comes up. It's like it, they gave it its own theme. And I remember that because it also happens at the same time that when the helicopter goes up, it goes in front of the sun and we have that kind of silhouetted uh, mm-hmm. shot. Uh, and we have that a couple of times in this movie and it probably goes back to that cinematographer who's been around for forever. And, and they're actually really pretty shots. Mm-hmm. But now we get uh, Rambo fighting a, a helicopter. Well, I was just thinking, too, one of my first thoughts, again, even just watching us the other night, was why then did the general come up in the helicopter? Why didn't he get that helicopter and come up while Rambo's blowing up the whole bit, you know, the, the village there? That's a good question. And you know what I'm going to say. It was in the script that way? Yeah, I could have said that. But what I was really going to say was, who knows my madman do what they do? Yeah, it's like he waited for everything to be blown up, and now he's going to come up and be the big hero. All right, so we get yet another chase scene. God bless you, Rambo. And, you know, he, they're, uh, the big helicopter is chasing the little helicopter, and they go back and forth. I think someone gets shot in the uh, little... No, they got shot before he got onto the little yes. helicopter. Right. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, you know, the POWs are manning the guns. We're having kind of a dog fight. And then uh, the helicopter, the little helicopter, Rambo's helicopter gets hit. And it goes down. And it's sitting in the in the water. He's playing possum. Did you notice the hole that was in the front windshield of Rambo's helicopter? Keeps appearing and disappearing? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a little strange. So to answer your question, yes, I did notice okay. that. Yeah, he's playing possum. And I guess my question is, at this point, and you're the general, why not just blow up the helicopter from where you're at? Totally. Right? Because that's, that's what I was thinking. Just be done with it. He already blew up half the fucking camp. Everyone's dead. What are you really going to try and save? Do you want to go up and poke him? Well, my first thought yeah. is he gets off being a dick, and he was hopefully going to take some survivors that he could torture more. Ah, well, maybe. And if that is the case and that's how he is, guess what? Serves him right. Mm-hmm. Because he try he lands, kind of. And then uh, you know, Rambo's playing possum, snaps to life, shoots a bazooka out of the 
disappearing and reappearing hole in the windshield and blows up the helicopter. Do you think that the passengers in the back of the helicopter just happened to not get any of that back blast? I'm going to say the way that Rambo was positioned, it went out the back and through the door. So he told all of the guys, <laughs> get to the left, get to the left, you know, and maybe that's what he did. Cause he is smart. He's a smart motherfucker. You can't say that Rambo's not smart. He believes that the mind is the best weapon. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So all of our bad guys are dispatched. Now we just have to get, well, back we have, we have one bad guy left uh, to deal with. Yeah, yeah. My point was uh, the three bad guys that we were talking about at the camp are dispatched. Yeah. Now it's time to go home. And, you know, Rambo made a promise. Rambo told him he was coming. Mm-hmm. So uh, this bit, he's fl- they're flying back and he's radioing in and they, they accept the radio call or whatever. And um, again, the look on Murdoch's face. The radio operator, he, he was so excited. It's Rambo. And he's got POWs, and they're everyone's smiling, and everyone doesn't cheer right at first because they're waiting to see what Murdoch does, right? Because Murdoch's a prick. Uh, so Murdoch leaves. Yeah, he just leaves the room. And then, so Troutman takes over and says, come on, what are we waiting for? And then everybody gets all... Yay! Yeah. And so uh, Rambo makes it, and he lands, and he immediately takes the gun off of the helicopter, wraps the... Uh, wraps the band of bullets around his arm Mm -hmm. and they might get a point to show us that, you know, and those guns aren't light, which is Mm -hmm. awesome, which is also Rambo. You you know, know. he's about to go fuck some shit up. That's right. And then uh, uh, Martin Cove, his character, Erickson comes up to him, maybe trying to keep the peace. I don't know. Maybe, maybe maybe trying to say, Hey man, I, I, I'm just following orders. I didn't, you know, and maybe Rambo knew that, which is why he only got a knee to the balls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they did initially fire on the VC. Yeah, they were helping him out. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he was following orders, but Rambo didn't care. It was still a dick move. Uh, not the human thing to do. And so he knees Erickson in the balls, and then the look he gives Troutman and the Troutman, and the look Troutman gives him back, Troutman's like, hey, man, you do you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he goes yep. off and this is where we get that iconic scene where he takes the machine gun and he destroys the office and all of that equipment and the bullets get shorter and longer and shorter and longer and and um well that happens one thing i thought was kind of interesting you know if you look at the first movie and you look at this movie is i felt like when rambo looked over at troutman he was waiting for troutman to talk him out of it like he had in the first movie of don't kill this guy you know let him live this one looks at me and goes, no, you go do what you want to do. Yeah, no, I, I totally took it as Rambo just looking at him saying, I'm going to do it, and mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. And so uh, he finds Murdoch, and I love this bit. He has all this anger and rage, and I'm sure just tons of emotions going on, but he's level-headed. He walks up slowly, you know, and then actually he grabs the fucker, Lifts up his knife, and what does he tell him? First thing out of his mouth, mission accomplished. And then he slams the knife down, and then I love the bit that he leaves Murdoch with. There's more men out there. Find them. Or I'll find you. So perfect. Do you so think good. Murdoch followed orders? I'm going to say yes. 
I'm going to say, yes, he went out and got them all. <laughs> I'm also thinking that right after that, he dropped a deuce in his pants. Oh, yo, the deuce. Oh, I the, think he dropped the deuce when he got grabbed by the neck. Oh, he dropped the deuce as soon as he heard all the gunfire yeah. in the room because he knew it was coming. So, yeah, he was probably double deuced. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, Rambo walks out, and Troutman's like, you're going to get another Purple Heart for this. (laughs) Another Medal of Honor. Whatever. And he says, uh, yeah, we'll give it to them. They deserve it more. And then Troutman says, come come back with us. And Rambo's like, no, I'm done. What do you want? Yeah, what do you want? And I think part of the reason why this movie ended up being so popular was because of what was articulated in, in this final statement. Yeah. Yeah. All Rambo wants is what all the other guys who went over and fought for this country wanted was for their country to love them as much as they loved it. You know what I mean? And that's, that's not too much to ask for. Mm -hmm. My dad, tells us stories every so often from his time there and when he came home and how the soldiers were so mistreated and he says you know one of the things that you know really hurt the most was the soldiers weren't welcomed home that they were treated so poorly and protested and called you know baby murderers and children murderers and all this stuff so what he's part of a group now that anytime he sees anybody who has been you know was in the vietnam war he goes up he shakes their hands and welcomes them home he also has, uh, sometimes he's carried coins that basically he gives to other veterans and lets them know that they are welcome and they are appreciated. That's awesome. Um, in fact, he's had situations where people who would, you know haven't been able to open up about their experiences there, he sits down with them, he gives them the coin, he welcomes them home, and all of a sudden they're able to open up. Yeah, that's amazing. That's so. Yeah, that, that is amazing. And this is probably right around the time that you know people started openly discussing you know, what was so fucked up about the soldiers coming home. Because it was about 10 years, right? Yeah. 1975, 1985, yeah. Yeah. And then we close with Frank Stallone's magical song. I fucking love all of the ending songs to every Rambo movie out there. Really? Yes. They are so corny (laughs) and so cheesy. It's just absolutely brilliant. Although I got to be honest, I don't remember uh, the ending song for for Rambo, the fourth one, or Last Blood. The newest one, but I definitely remember three. Uh, he's not heavy. He's my brother. That's how that's ends that one. This one, and then I think Frank Stallone does the ending one of First Blood too. I as think well. he does. Yeah. There's a long road. Yeah, that just fucking happened, motherfucker. So that's Rambo, and, you know, it ends with him just uh, walking off to the middle of nowhere. Like Middle Earth? Oh, fuck. And now it's time for John's... Moment. So this is the point of our podcast where I take any movie that we were reviewing and compare it to the greatest movie series ever created, Lord of the Rings. So I'm going to start with The Fellowship. The Fellowship in Rambo First Blood Part 2 is made up of Rambo, Co, and Troutman. Frodo, of course, is John J. Rambo. For Sam, my pick is actually Agent Ko Fong Bao. Besides Troutman, she's the only other character who has Rambo's back. She cares for Rambo, 
enough to risk her own life to rescue him when he's captured, much, much like how Sam rescued the life of Frodo when he was captured by the orcs. For Colonel Troutman, I struggled a little bit on exactly who he represented in this movie, but I'm actually going to go with Aragorn. He's the only one throughout the movie who really is trying to help Rambo, except for Bao, from the beginning of the movie, had Rambo's back. He does have a lot of Gandalf qualities, but not enough to fit that role. He's more of a leader with his own side story going on throughout the movie, just like Aragorn in Lord of the Rings. Michael Reed Erickson, the helicopter pilot. For him, I gave the role of Faramir, son of Denthor II, steward of Gondor. He follows the steward's orders without question, even when he doesn't agree. This makes Major Marshal Roger T. Murdoch Denthor II, steward of Gondor. You might think Murdoch is Sauron, or at least uh, Sauron the White, but really, he's just a guy put into a, in a place to manage a mission, where he's in way over his head, and where the power has gone to, you know, gone, gone to his head, and he abuses it. And just like Denthor, he runs away from the battle when the battle hits his doorstep. For Saruman the White, my choice is Colonel Podosky. He isn't the top boss, but a soldier following orders. That makes Sergeant Yushin a Uruk- uh, That makes Sergeant Yushin an Urukai. And Sauron would be whoever is giving the orders to the Russians. So probably the Russian government. The orcs are Lieutenant Tay and the other enemy soldiers. Now what is the one ring, the precious, in Rambo? In this movie, it's trust. In the beginning, Rambo only trusts one person, Troutman. He doesn't give his trust very freely. It's a commodity he holds tight. He's forced to put some faith in those running the mission, which ends screwing him over. He also learns to trust Agent Bao, but ultimately he loses her. It's her death that ramps him up, that kind of supercharges him and turns him back into that one-man army that allows him to complete his own self-appointed revamped mission. Mordor, that's the POW camp. Middle-earth, Vietnam. And Mount Doom is the river where Bao dies. This is, again, the point where the story changes and Rambo turns around and is able to complete his mission because of the revamped energy that that gives him. So that is my comparison between Rambo Part 2 and Lord of the Rings. Bring on the grades. I thought that was pretty good. You did? Yeah. Initially, I had uh, Troutman being Sam, but I can understand him being Aragorn. There's no Frodo. Frodo is not in this movie. Rambo Rambo is Aragorn. There's no there's nothing else he can be. But Rambo was given the mission to carry out and he he's the one that does all the walking to get the mission done. Well, so did Aragorn. Yeah. And Aragorn was more of the soldier and more of the protector. I if 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 I if I was doing this I would have put uh Aragorn in as or Rambo in his Aragorn, and maybe kind of like the uh, Tango and Cash one, maybe this was a side adventure of Aragorn in the <laughs> ring or whatever. Uh, the bad guys, they line up. I like the Denethal one. I, I totally see Murdoch. Being, yeah, I, see, I totally see Murdoch being on that one too. Um, the ring, hard. 
Hard, hard to put. Hard to. This was one of the toughest. Yeah, hard to put the precious in there. Um, I don't think it works. Um, but God bless you for fucking trying because I don't know where I don't know where I would put it. So at least you found something. I had to go with something that has, you know, a corrupting factor on Rambo, and it seems like in every movie it's trust. You know, him putting faith in anybody always seems to come back and bite him in the ass, except for when it comes to Troutman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and really at the end of the day, he doesn't learn anything about trust. <laughs> well, he learns that he can't trust anyone, <laughs> you know. So I mean that's not really positive. But um yeah, sorry, bud. I'm probably gonna have to give you a C minus on this one. But okay. I get it. This this one was hard. This Professor, one was hard. What'd you get me? Uh, I'm gonna go B minus. B minus. I will look take it. <laughs> Unfucking believable. And that was John's moment. All right. So what do you guys think? You guys ready to rate this bitch? I think we should rate this bitch. Mission accepted. Uh, Professor, how do we do our ratings? We do our ratings on a scale of one to five fucks. Five fucks is a movie that we think is cinematic gold. It's something you're ready to watch anytime somebody says you want to watch this movie. A one fuck movie is a movie where you have watched it and you have no desire to see any of it again. For whatever reason that you chose to watch it, there was nothing that you got out of it that said, "Uh, you never want to see it again. And what's a zero? A zero fuck movie is a clusterfuck where you have been totally screwed and I'm coming for you. So in other words, we just don't give a fuck. Uh, Who'd like to go first? I'll go first. All right, hit it. So Rambo First Blood Part 2. It had been a long time since I'd seen this movie. And this movie, I got to say, is definitely a classic 80s action movie. It has the big explosions that we have come to expect out of an action movie and action movies in general seem to need to have, you know, a a lot of mayhem to it, whether it be killings or it be violence or it be explosions. You got to have some of this in order to make it be a classic eighties action movie. And this movie has it in spades with these explosions. Rambo, he is completely fleshed out here. He is uh, a very different uh, uh, character that we saw from the first Blood movie. First Blood, he is a violent but sad type of monster that is just wanting to be left alone. And then in this one, we see this monster unleashed in his fury. This is what has been made courtesy of the U.S. government and the army, and they have bit themselves in the butt by unleashing Rambo onto themselves by screwing him during this mission. And so I thought it was a really uh, fun take to watch him just burn it all down. And it was very, very satisfying watching him come up with all of these different kills, specifically during the rain sequence. The rain sequence, I think, is probably my favorite section of the movie. I also really dug the uh, character of Ko. She is, uh, she allows a human side to be present for Rambo to show that he is not just a godless killing machine. And for her to be there, it shows that there is some humanity to him rather than this cold-blooded, ruthless killer that we know him to be through his time that he's doing in prison for all of his atrocities that he that he put in during First Blood. 
not deservedly, but you know, you got to pay the price. So I thought that this is probably one of Schwarzenegger. Uh, um, this is probably one of Stallone's strongest movies because I, I really think that you know when you look at a Stallone movie, this is probably the first place that I go. Right after this, I go to Rocky, but I th- always think Rambo first when it comes to Stallone. For his work that he did in this, it's it's a fun watch. It's not necessarily uh, giving me everything that I want because, you know, there are some fantastical moments to it, but I still enjoy watching it. I think that this movie is three solid fucks. Three solid fucks from the professor. Would you like me to go next? Sure, if you want to. Sure. Uh, so looking at Rambo First Blood Part 2, we always have to ask ourselves as we review these classic 80s action movies, does this deliver on our must-haves? A strong hero with quotable one-liners. Well, a lot of them are subtle, and he doesn't say them very loud, but they're definitely there. A crazy-level supervillain that only our hero can beat. I wouldn't call them crazy-level, but yes, only Rambo can beat these guys. Chases and fight scenes? Tons of them on foot, and one by a helicopter. A final showdown? I feel like there's a few final showdowns in this movie. An oh-crap death for our bad guy? Yeah, check on that. Franchise potential? Well, this is a sequel, and it did spawn, I believe, three more sequels after this one. So, plus we got an animated series, we got all kinds of things from this movie. So, yeah, definitely franchise potential. And did it come in at a 90-minute runtime? Well, it comes in at 96 minutes, so it almost hit its mark. The beginning of this movie for me was a little bit slow, but once it gets going, it's a non-stop action ride for the remainder of the movie. This movie destroyed previous jungle action movies and served as inspiration for that future lone wolf war-related action movies like Chuck Norris's Missing in Action. We started to see a slew of movies coming out like that afterwards. I would even go as far as to say that this movie launched Stallone as a top-notch action hero in that genre. Uh, Stallone created the mold that future action heroes would be built from. This movie does suffer from many errors and continuity flaws, but the -the over-the-top action makes those issues even just barely noticeable. Combine that with the soundtrack that has become forever linked to Rambo himself, you can't hear that theme without thinking Rambo. Some might say it's full of action tropes, But in many ways, I feel like it created those action tropes that we'd go on to see in future movies. This movie is everything that you would expect out of, you know, a Rambo-type movie. Everything that you'd want to see. So for that reason, I'm giving Rambo First Blood Part 2 four fucks. Three fucks from The Professor, four fucks from The Comic Book Guy. I remember when I saw Rambo for the very first time in the theater, and I remember what kind of experience it was. I remember when I saw Rambo when it was on TV, anytime I could get my hands on it. Rambo was one of those movies that really influenced me in a lot of ways uh, about action movies. Uh, Whenever I think action movies, 80s specifically, Rambo is always the first one that pops into my head. It does definitely meet the criteria for what we had come up with. And, you know, when we were talking about this criteria, most of these came from 
uh, for me, putting them in here uh, came from Rambo. I wouldn't say that Rambo First Blood Part 2 is in my top three Stallone movies of all time, but the character of Rambo is. You know, I, I do think that First Blood is a better overall film, and it does give us the introduction to what will become, uh, as we know, Rambo. You know, because Part 2, Part 3, you have 4, 5, it goes on to spawn a franchise, and I think that uh, Rambo has always been one of those characters that I will always hold near and dear to my heart. Um, Coming in at 96 minutes, it's perfect. Uh, I think that this film always moves. It flows very well, and you can blink and it's over. I didn't mind the continuity errors because it is a 80s action film. You can pick any of the eight previously movies we talked about, and you can find continuity errors in there too. Um, but this one, for me, definitely does hold a special place in my heart and for that reason i am giving rambo 4.5 fucks i think it's the best one on this list but that's just me that's my own opinion that's your own opinion and with three fucks from the professor four fucks from the comic book guy and 4.5 fucks from myself we now have a definitive leader in this list with 3.8 fucks, Rambo, First Blood, Part 2. How do you guys feel about that? Good. Do, do we even have to talk about the cage match? No, Rambo wins. With everyone we have... Fuck, I'm going to go ahead and say it. With everyone we have in there and everyone we have left, and we'll talk about this later, I think Rambo wins. Oh, boy, I don't know. That's beautiful. Why? Why, why don't you know? What, what do you got there? Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. I think Rambo can take him. I think that John, I think Ram, I think Rambo can take Dukes. But both of them are total warriors because they can take the pain. Yes, and, think, and that's what it is. Right? I think once Rambo closes the difference or the distance, if Jean Claude could kick him several times and try to keep him away, once Rambo closes that distance and gets in, you know, face to face to them. He's just going to off him in about two seconds. Uh, Especially if if, does he have his knife on him? No, no, no. We're not, it's no, all. Yeah, we're all no hand to hand. And, and until we get to all 10, <laughs> and then we get the Thunderdome. Remember? I just feel like he'd get up there and just snap that. Yeah, thing. exactly. I think so, too. I think he'll be hiding behind a rock, and uh, Ben Richards will be taking a squat somewhere, and Rambo will come up right behind him, crack his neck. Move Ram over to the next one. The only one that may may give him a challenge besides Dukes, maybe Dalton. Maybe. I'm just wondering if, like, you know, you said they all come in without weapons. I think somehow Rambo makes a weapon. He makes a knife. Interesting point, John. I didn't even think about that. He'll but break yeah, off if, a bar of the cage yeah, or something. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that 100%. You know what? When everybody takes out RoboCop, that's when uh, Rambo, Rambo turns makes, into a He makes a bow and arrow? Out of, out of like... <laughs> out of RoboCop? Out of RoboCop's like spleen if uh, it's left and or any of the wires. I'll, I'll buy that. Do you guys have a guess for how many confirmed deaths are in this movie versus how many are actually responsible for Rambo? Rambo killed? 85. 85 confirmed. 74 done by Rambo himself. Yep. yep, correct. So I you know, I thought it would be a lot more when I watched this movie than that. What, 85 and 74 isn't enough for you? I just thought with all the explosions and all the soldiers that die, both you know, both escapes and all that, there were just a lot more people got killed in this no, movie. No, I'll buy that. I think that number jumps in the third one. 
mm-hmm. just because I think there's bigger armies in that one. Uh, not so much in the fourth. Well, maybe they might have taken out that entire army in the fourth one, mm-hmm. um, but definitely not the fifth. So yeah, this might this one or the third one might have the highest body counts in the Rambo series. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that out of our nine movies that we've now reviewed, this probably has the most. I thought one of them had a hundred. Big Trouble, maybe. So this brings us now to one movie left in our competition. One movie left, peoples. And if you want to know what movie that is, please check out our website and any other social media outlets we may have. Speaking of which, John, where can they find us? Well, they can always find us at our website, threeguysinaflick.com, where we go ahead and post all of our podcasts. We also post our show notes, movie trivia, and anything else we feel like throwing up there. They can also find us on any social media site as well as any place that hosts podcasts. All right. That's where you can find us. I just want to throw out a quick thank you to Zach, Ronnie, and Jill for always listening. Keep on listening. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Ronnie. Thanks, Jill. And I also want to thank anyone else out there who has given us a shot and decided to listen to our podcast. We really appreciate it. Hit that subscribe button. All right. So for three guys in a flick, I'm Don. I'm John. And I'm Ken. Thanks for listening. Okay. Now I think we'll start. Can we? Uh, We don't have to, fucker. So you weren't listening. No. Okay, good. You don't get an opinion then. All right, that's what we're going to roll with. To uh, the different uh, locations in Born Identity. Oh. Base. We'll say base. <laughs> Stick with base. Three guys search for the best classic 80 movie, 80s action films. I'll get it. One of these days I'll fucking get Flick. it. Flick. You know who you're, you know who you're, blah, blah. stop there? Mm-hmm. Now, this beginning of the movie. Okay. What the fuck happened there? No? Is that even worse, Professor? Yeah. <laughs> Bit. What'd you guys think of this whole torture scene? Wow, that was fucking well, impressive. I, Did I, you guys I, even watch the fucking movie? Fuck off. I, th- I was waiting for John to talk. Rambo tries to convince... Troutman. <laughs> Rambo tries to convince Rambo screwed and you are going to come I'm coming for you you should have just seen the look that the, the comic book guy and myself gave each other did he just say come I wanted to say I want to see that movie <laughs> you know what the best part of Stallone is he's like 5'4 mm-hmm. yeah he's a tiny guy he's super fucking short so there's hope for us yet alright fuck off Good night.